What's up, y'all? This is wide receiver Deontay Simpson. This is cornerback Cam Johnson. Cornerback Deshaun Getty Jr. Senior forward Zachary Simmons, and you're listening to Bruins Breakdown, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me, once again, is Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing doing great. Doing how about great? yourself you com- down there in San Antonio? Your closing you days? about your haircut just five minutes ago. I, w- I can, can't be great and have a bad haircut? It's okay. No, no you can't. Hair grows back out, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. It can I'm- get redone. I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well here in good old 210 Alamo City. But I don't want to waste anyone's time, Colin. All right, we know no why, no sidetracking today. We know why we're here. All right. Yep. I don't care about your hair. Okay. Don't bring up your hair for the rest of this podcast. I don't care right? about you. We know why we're here? <laughs> and let's talk about some North Texas basketball. All right. Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready? So let's do it right now. Panic meter, one to ten. What you got? Look at that! I just, I just didn't. Mm, even man, I hate you for that because I was gonna try to ease into it. Uh, listen, I told you I'm gonna just be completely transparent here to everybody. I told you yesterday that if they lose one of these games, that panic meter's at a thousand. I think that's exactly what I said. Um, my panic meter is actually not a thousand. It's not even. It's not even above five. Because you're fake. Wow. Uh, no, it's a three. And how, uh, do you, how do you do that 180? Tell me. I can do the how 180 do do kind of because gymnastic? looking at these two games, okay, mm-hmm. everyone played well except for Javion. And I think Javion, I believe in Javion to turn it around. Because yeah. if, if this team almost beat UTSA, who Javon Jackson just hit ridiculous shots as he does, and Keaton Wallace hit some ridiculous threes as he does, and Javion had an awful game both games, and they still almost won this this game tonight. Um, he shot four. Uh, Javion Hamlet shot four fifteen, one of five from three. Um, everyone else, you know, they did what you expect from him. Five of twelve from Reese, although he was only one of seven from three. Uh, Thomas Bell three of nine. You'd like that to be like four of nine or five of nine, whatever. But everyone else, you did what they expected. But you and I, at least you and I, were both like, okay, Javion, you gotta you gotta do it. And it was he was getting to his spots. It's just the shots weren't going in. So I believe in him for turn around. So just to give a little bit of context, UTSA uh, UTSA and North Texas played their back-to-backs. As we all know, North Texas won on Friday, 77-70. to And UTSA won on Saturday, uh, the night we are recording this, 77-69. Uh, to um, Similar games, but very different games. I thought the, the referees made a huge difference from game one to two, uh, putting Zach in foul trouble early on. Uh, then some just, you know, touch fouls here and there really cost North Texas because North Texas was driving hard mm-hmm. and getting to the free throw line, whereas UTSA was kind of getting to the line on the perimeter in a sense, and that was a, that was a big difference of the game. Um, but like you said, Javon Jackson, 31 points on 11 to 15 shooting. The dude is a monster. We had questions in, in, coming into the game. We were like, is UTSA going to start passing the ball more? Yeah. Like, are they going to start like being <laughs> team, team basketball? Yeah, are they going to play some team basketball? No. No, 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 no. This team goes as far as Javon Jackson takes it, and Javon Jackson is still damn good. Like, damn, damn good. And I don't know. He's not going to be, like, in the top, like, three in the country in scoring this year because of his non-conference numbers, but holy crap, he could drop 30 a game in conference play. Yeah. Like, he was that good. He was scoring on everybody. Reese, JJ, Javion. It didn't matter. He was amazing. 
So let's, I didn't answer my own panic meter question. So I'll, I'll answer it now. Um, I'll do a little bit less gymnastics than you because uh, you going from a thousand to a three is, is something. Um, I'm going to be at a six, which is pretty high. That is pretty high. That's pretty high. Um, and if you would have told me they were going to split these games coming into the weekend, I would have said I'll probably be at a seven or an eight. So, Mm -hmm. you know, not your thousand. But okay, I'm gonna defend my 1,000 in a second. Okay, I know it was okay. hyperbole, but still. Yeah. Well, I also thought that if they lost, it would be for different reasons. But, but why would you? If they would have lost, what would the reasons have been? The reasons would have like, been not taking threes, as we've saw, not being able to get shots, open shots, like like we've seen in these tougher games, and that would have been my real concern because against teams that weren't just on a complete tier below them, yeah. they were unable to even get shots or get good shots. So, yeah. I mean, th- these two games, obviously, they were able to get shots. I mean, we saw Drez go off in that first game. I think he was 4-4 four four from 3. Um, I mean, everyone I, had a good game like in both the these. Every, you know, everyone had a good game except for Reyes Reese tonight. Except for Javion. And well, I didn't, they didn't shoot didn't, the ball well in this game either. Like, or in the last, in the first game, they shot the ball really well, right? That was the Right, thing. yeah. Okay, so in the first game, they shot 51% from, uh, or 52% if you want to round up in the game. Whereas tonight they shot uh, five of twenty-two, or something like that. Oh, I'm talking about overall. Oh, overall it was thirty-nine percent. Yeah, thirty-nine. Okay, thirty-nine percent, which is more closer to like an average team. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Um, but regardless, like it's not. There wasn't anything alarming from everybody else where I was like, oh god, panic. I think this the problem that that they had these both both of these games where the first game was close and the second game they lost. Obviously, was that Javion has not been himself. Um, the first game, you know, we saw the burst that we've been waiting for. Like he got by uh, Keaton Wallace like three or four times, and we're like, "Oh, yeah, where where has that been?" And then tonight, um, it didn't really happen early, but he was able to kind of actually draw some contact for once um, so far. And but he's not hitting his floaters. He's not finishing around the rim. It's just a lot of stuff that you don't expect to see from him. And I think I don't think either of us expected that. Yes, I I okay, I I understand that. I understand that reasoning um we'll get to Javion. i'll i'll get to my my own Javion take in a second i'll finish my panic meter report um but i'm at a six and the reason it's not as low as you is because okay so this gets into somewhat of a tangent i don't want to get into a tangent here yet but the thing about this team is that let me start with the positives first on the positive side, winning both games against UTSA would have been great, obviously. But if we look at how the conference season has played out, if we look at the NBA even with how those games, you know, how they have those mini series now where you play the same team twice, it is extremely difficult to beat a team twice, let alone beat a team twice on the road, right? So we saw in week one of conference play, there were five series. Four of them were splits. Right. Then you go down this week and I was just looking at, let me pull it back up. You had FIU beat middle Tennessee yesterday. Then today, middle Tennessee beat FIU. Then you had um, UAB beat Southern Miss and then they beat Southern Miss again today. So there you have, there's your sweep for the week. You had Western Kentucky barely beat Louisiana tech at home. And right now, Louisiana Tech's up four with three minutes left in that game. So even if Western wins, we see how tough it is to beat a team twice. Um, 
and then we're going to see if Rice can bounce back and beat UTEP. I wouldn't be surprised if they did at all. But it's just like there are – it's so difficult. And then you look at the NBA, and I don't know if anyone was watching – I don't know if anyone will get this NBA reference or whatnot, but when Golden State last night beat the Clippers, when Steph Curry went off and they, they came back and beat the Clippers, they wanted that big run. Two nights ago – two nights before, the Clippers beat the Warriors. In the same it's, – it's just not how it goes. I think I saw a stat – in the NBA, of the first 10 series that there were, seven of them were splits, and three of them were sweeps, and all three of those sweeps were from the road team. So it's like, it's it's just such a weird predict, predicament that pe- teams are in right now with these mini series that you just can't really go into a series and be like, all right, this team's better than that team, so they're going to win both games. That's not how it works. That's not, that's not how it works at the NBA level. It's not how it's working in college. And so as a result, we're getting these unique results and when you play a team like UTSA who has the firepower of Javon Jackson who has the firepower of Keaton Wallace and for the first time in a long time it feels like the players around those two are athletes and that's one thing that UTSA has this year Jacob Germany is a big dude when Zach was not on the court it showed UTSA actually had some size that they could put on the inside and it punished North Texas on occasion and so when you add that to the equation it makes it very, very interesting to play a, a UTSA team that, albeit North Texas, I still think should have won both games. But this is not the UTSA team that – and also, UTSA just got swept the last week, right? You're telling me they're not going to come back home and play harder, play better? Like, yes, again, North Texas should have won. And we're going to get into all the reasons why they should have won and what they need to do to win these games in the future. But let's look at it what it is. Javon Jackson had an incredible night. Keaton Wallace hits a fading three-pointer to put them up five with a minute left. They call a touch foul on James Reese with under two minutes left to put Javon Jackson at the line. Javion Hamlet played awful, which we all know and admit to. Nobody's look, nobody rash, is rationally looking at this North Texas team and be like, all right, well, that's a wrap. <laughs> Sounds like your wrap. panic meter is getting there, though. And so here's the thing. So let me finish. Like I said, early in the season or before, before the conference season, I said, North Texas is going to go 12 and six. And they're going to have a chance to win the conference championship like that. If Western Kentucky loses this game with three, with two minutes left, they're down three. Western Kentucky will be two and two. La Tech will be two and two. Um, Old Dominion will be three and one. I believe Rice and UTEP are going to, if Rice wins, they'll both be two and two. UAB is 2-0 right now, but they beat Southern Miss twice, and one of them was close. Like, it doesn't, you know. It's just like, we don't know what this conference is right now. And we don't know what it's going to take to win the conference. So instead of being worried about the big picture and winning the conference and thinking that that is gone because of one loss, let's look at what this team has to do to get to the point where they could rip off four wins in a row. Because winning four games in a row at any point in this in this conference season is going to be incredibly difficult. So is that what you're basing your panic meter off of instead? That's why it is at that's why it's a little lower than what it should have been. The reason okay. it's at a six and the, the negative, I think that was the positive. Was that not yeah, positive? Yeah, no, that was positive. Okay. That was positive. The negative is that this team needs to shoot the ball like they didn't get first game all the time from three. This team needs to make threes. Yeah. Make threes. Not take, make. And I wrote in my preview for this series, they need to take a lot of threes. They need to shoot a hell of a lot better than they did tonight. And it comes back 
there was, I mean, they threw weird lineups out there tonight, but at the end of the day, you have to make those threes. Like, Drez has to make threes. Dr- Reese has to make threes. Like, at the end of the day, that's what it's going to Javion has to make threes. So, with all that being said, I'm at a six because I'm still very, very hesitant on this team, and we are grading this team, or at least I am, on a scale of winning Conference USA. I am too. So, that's why I'm a little higher here is that, yes, it's going to be fine. Like, no team is going to be perfect in Conference USA. Like, UTSA is going to probably be – could split with Western Kentucky. They could split with La Tech. You know, we, we don't know. But we need this team to start taking strides forward. And I think I said in conference play at some point that after they played UTSA is when they start hitting their stride, and we're at that point right now. They play um, – who do they play next? They play uh, UTEP, and UTEP is not a pushover at all. UTSA is just UTEP is just as good as UTSA, if not better. So it's going to be interesting, but that's why my panic meter is at a six. Uh, do you have anything to get to before uh, we get into Javion? Uh, yeah, I'm going to counter your six. Go ahead. Um, what is the difference between this year's five and twenty-two and last year's five and twenty-two, where they had the really bad stretch of probably the first five games where they couldn't shoot? Wait, what do you mean last year's five and twenty-two? So last year, I just from last year they shot basically like five and 22 a game from three from like the first five games. And we, we, every single time we said, it's okay. We know this team has shooters. We know they can hit shots. So what is the difference between last year and this year? The difference is, and I think I said this, uh, I wrote this in that, or I said this in that video where the starters just aren't seeming to gel in the same ways that they did last year. Mm -hmm. And I need to trust that Drez is going to shoot 40 plus percent. And I think he will, but I need that to be a for sure thing. Like Mo shot forty percent last year, I right? Forty percent last night. And um, Thomas is taking more threes, which is good, but he needs to make them. And it's just they're in a weird position right now. They're in a weird position offensively right now, and we'll get into that in a second. And I, but I think it starts and ends with Javion. So that that's that's yeah, and and that's that's also that. I mean, that's kind of why I'm another reason why I'm countering the six would be because, well. You'll get. You just said you'll get into this second, but if if you believe that Javion will be fine, then the shooting will come after that. Because right now with Javion playing so bad, teams don't have to. You know, I agree. But I him. said in non-conference play, I said after they play UTSA, they're gonna hit their stride. You did say that, but that's also assuming they played UAB. Yes, but still, we're we're reaching a point where it's like, all right. No, we definitely are. I'm I'm not trying to give him. I'm not trying to now. give give an excuse. I'm just saying this is their first opponent that is quote-unquote on their level in terms of like who they're they're supposed to be compared against you know what i mean And another thing is i mean to to add to the positivity that we're spewing right now (laughs) um north texas actually had pretty high offensive ratings in both those games they had a 113 offensive rating in the first game and a 108 offensive rating in the second game and uh one thing that I'm just going to go into Javion because I'm... We're yeah, you just go. This, just go. This is the Javion Hamlet podcast because at the end of the day, he holds the keys to this team in his hand. I love the waving keys gesture you just did. Yes. Now, the reason why they were able to have a 108 offensive rating tonight, even though they shot 39% from the field and 5 of 22 from three, was because Javion Hamlet got to the line 10 times and eight of those were in the second half and kept them in the game. He went 9 of 10 from the free throw line. And that was a positive sign. That yes. was a very positive sign. Was that he was just gonna put his head down and just go. He was done with the little floaters. He was 
he was done settling and he eventually he just put his head down and if he missed the shot he missed the shot but the refs especially tonight he did was smart because the refs tonight were calling a lot of bs and he got to line 10 times and probably two of those i was like oh man that's tough like that, that, that's, a, that's a favorable call but i mean obviously utc got them as well like i'm not saying it was only javion but when you put your head down and you're aggressive you put the pressure on the referees and that's what javion has to be right now in order to get his confidence back because that's one thing that so i talked to zach after the game after the first game and i talked to mac after the first game as well and it was just like i was like you know what are y'all telling javion all this stuff and it's just like you know we just trying to make him continue to have confidence right just trying to basically to get his swagger back right because right, right. now he's swaggerless swaggerless and finding that swagger is the difference between this team being a good team and this team being a great team right we've said it on and on and on and on and whenever i'm watching the game and i'm not like some highly um touted basketball player or anything like, like that but he plays the game at a pace which i think i can relate to right to where like you get there but he's obviously bigger and stronger but whatever he takes floaters basically and i take floaters <laughs> right and whenever you're not confident or you're not sure and you take a floater it's not going in floaters are extremely difficult shots mm -hmm. extremely difficult shots and for them to go in, you have to have the right angle. You have to have the right momentum, be on balance, have confidence, know what shot, know you're taking the shot before you take it. And Javion right now is not at that point. He's at the point where he's getting to a spot and he's either, and he's un indecisive. He might be looking to kick. He might be looking to drive it all the way. He might be looking to stop and pop. He might be looking to float it in. There's just so much that's going on in his head right now. He's putting too much pressure on himself. And that's what I have written down in my book is he's putting a lot of pressure on himself to be this team's star player. Like it's one thing for him to come out of junior college last year and just take the conference by storm and dominate it the way that he did. But what are you going to do the next year? Right. And that he's had to think about that the entire off season, the entire pandemic. It's how are you going to follow up being not only the conference USA basketball player of the year, but the conference USA male athlete of the year. He was the best male athlete in Conference USA last year. That's probably like over a thousand kids we're talking about here. Like that's how good he was last year. How are you going to follow that up? And it's so true. that he's, you can just tell like right where we were texting, right? And in the Loyola Chicago game, you could just tell every time he misses, he's just like clenches his fist or he's like, yeah, oh. a lot of tension with himself. Yeah, It's just tense and you cannot be tense when you shoot floaters. That's one thing I know. And even when you shoot threes, you cannot be tense. You have to know what's going in. And that's he's not at that point yet. And that's that's the concerning part right now is that you have to get that swagger back. And when he hit that three off of the offensive rebound from Thomas Head and they went up 70-69, I thought that was it. Oh, I did too. I honestly did I too. That was it. I, I thought that too. was it. And then he comes back and he shoots two more threes and they both missed. They were close, but they missed. And I was like, damn, man, that was it, man. If he hits one of those other threes swaggers starts to rev back up i'm not saying it's back but it's starting to rev no back up. I mean, but I, I completely agree with you because you could just tell his cadence and the way he he carried himself was a lot different than when he airballed those, those first two threes i mean and and like i said like you said we we texted the whole game we we're like what is happening what is wrong um and then you saw flashes in that in that second end of the second half where he was finally getting the basket but i think the night was almost capped off in a poetic way where obviously the game was over but then he gets into the 
uh, he gets into the lane and then bricks a floater and it's like, he can't catch a break. So, um, I think he can turn it around. I think he will turn around and that's why my, my, uh, panic meter is so low. I, I, I I also think he will turn it around, but thing is, he can't just be, you know, a solid player. He has to be the star for this. No, team. absolutely. He has to be That's the star the player. That is the difference. And and, and so the, sorry. Time time after time last year when this offense broke down, he just went and made a play. Right. And so that's what we we're saying. It has to be JV on Hamlet time. It has to be JV on Hamlet time. He said it time, time, time. And it hasn't happened yet. So. But I don't think his his I don't think the next step for him from where he is right now is going to be good player. Does that make sense? Because I don't think that's where it's struggling in terms. Because what what do you when you when you think of good player, you think of a player that is good at everything but doesn't have that it factor, right? Yeah. Like that's a good player. Whereas I think Javion has that it factor. He's just not. He's not putting it together right now, right? Yeah. So I don't think it's a step from now to good player. I think it's a step from now. Once you get your swagger back, you're back to where you were, and it doesn't necessarily. Okay, it has to be Conference USA Player level of the Year level play. But it doesn't have to be, you know, as good as that last year. That yeah, I don't, I don't think know. he has to be. I think he he has to be a top five player. In he has to be that caliber of a player, but he doesn't have to match the production. Is what I'm trying to say. And I, and I, I agree. And I think that his next gear is not that good player. I think it it goes from now to star player on this team. Because, like you said, if he comes back and he bounces back and he ends up putting this team on his shoulders to to a degree. He's going to be able to open up the lane for Reese, Drez, Thomas, everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to feed off of that. Everybody's going to be able to play off of that. And while it's great that, you know, the other guys are trying to step up and they're doing their their best to, to drive the lane and kick and penetrate and do all this stuff, it comes down to what Javion is going to do for this team. And it's going to be – if. If and when it clicks for Javion, it will be a beautiful thing because I think that's when this team will start winning games in succession. And that's when the consistency comes because we know this team can defend at a fairly high level. Well, that's not my concern. Um, like, I don't give a crap that Javon Jackson goes off for 31 right. or 11, 15 shooting. I, I mean, yes, that's the difference between winning and losing games. So, you know, I care. But Old Dominion, Rice, UTEP, do not have Javon Jackson or even Keaton Wallace on their teams. So West Virginia didn't have Keith, uh, Javon Jackson no, on the team. No, no. So that's that, that's the difference here is that, like I said, this is a conference where twelve and six might win you the conference. Thirteen and five is probably going to win you the conference. I highly doubt a team is going to go fourteen and four. Let's see if let's see if Western Kentucky won. Nope, La Tech won. So two and two, La Tech. Two and two, Western Kentucky. Uh, ODU's three and one. ODU's probably in first place to the conference right now. UAB's two and zero. Oh. None of these teams are going fourteen and four. It's not happening. So let's get that out of our heads right now. That you have to be perfect to win conference USA. All you have to do to win conference USA is hit, get a hot streak at some point at the right the time. First team that goes and wins four or five in a row is probably going to win conference USA because then the rest of the other games are going to go six and five or six and four or something like that, right? That's what it's going to come down to. So if North Texas and North Texas doesn't play Western and Marshall until the last two series of this of the season, we have some time until that. But like I said, they're going to have to figure it out. JVN's going to have to get a swagger back, and that starts with confidence, man. Just 
and I don't know if it, there's anything a coach can say to him. I don't know if there's anything his family. I don't know if a teammate. I don't know if there's anything anyone gets because they're all telling him the same thing. They're all telling him the same thing. It's right. whenever someone's in a slump, it's oh, just keep shooting, stay confident, stay ready. You know, take the shots you want, get to the free throw line, all that good stuff. It's it's on him. It's on him, and that's tough. That is that is a tough situation to to be in to where it's not on anyone else. It's on you right now. And Javion Hamlet is the best player in Conference USA for a reason. He's just gonna have to start playing like it um, very soon for this team. Last thing I want to say about Javion: get to the free throw line. Get to the free throw line. If he gets to the free throw line eight to ten times a game, it makes life so much easier on him. Well, we saw it. We saw it at the end exactly. of this game. Exactly. He didn't play very well, but he got to the free throw line not ten times, and he kept the team in it. So get to the free throw line. That's that's my other thing. Okay. Let's get to my next topic. Did you have anything else nope. to add or any? Nope. All right. I don't want to go player by player here, but um, who was the most impressive player to you this weekend? James Reese. Why wasn't it Thomas Bell? Um, you can change your answer. <laughs> is that is that you telling me to change my answer? I'm just saying you can change your answer. Oh no, I, I think it's James Reese. Okay, um, why do you think it's James Reese? Because although yes, he did go one to seven, and that's unacceptable. Um, from three, um, the types of shots he's taking now are not the let me stand on the wing and get an open three and shoot this thing. This dude's putting the ball on the floor for a dribble or two dribbles and hitting it over defenders, and that's what I wanted from him last year. And he did it multiple times yesterday. He did it multiple times today when they needed a shot. He did it, had one on the baseline, and they had one on the free throw line, which is I don't can't believe he shot it, but it looked nice. And I think that he can do that every game. Um, so that's why he's he's my most impressive player. Um, Thomas is not because I feel like I mean I don't want this to sound harsh. Go um, ahead, say it. I'm going to defend him. So go ahead. I know you're going to defend him. I feel like. It, his stuff right now is him trying to make up for what Javion has not done so far. Yes, to a degree, I, yeah. I agree. Um, I'm not saying he like is worse than last year or anything. I, I, I think he's probably the second best player on this team. But I think James Reese impressed me the most. This is tough. I think I texted you or I tweeted or something. North Texas just has a bunch of just really solid players. Oh, sorry. Another one who impressed me the most. J.J. Murray. That dude just, like, shows me, like, something different that I didn't think I'd ever see from, like, a, the eighth man on a North Texas team in my entire life. This dude, this dude had the ball in his hands and drove by himself. He took it, he took a dude on twice. Bro, yeah, he's the I, he's I would I, I would never see that from, like, any, like, DJ, what? Like, and he hit a three. Oh, uh, well, I don't remember if that was yesterday or today. Yesterday, yes. It was a yes. big three. Yeah, it was a huge three, and this dude can defend. I, I tweeted, I was like, imagine having James Reese on you, and then J.J. Murray comes in the game, and he checks you up too. Like, I mean, they were, they did a good job. They kept Keaton Wallace at bay, mm -hmm. and, you know, so they kept half of him, half the team at bay because, you know, can't guard both of them, I guess. Guard Javon. Javon Jackson was just hitting some crazy. Yeah, he hit some insane shots. You couldn't, mean, There was nothing you could have done. Cap, tip your cap to him, man. That is... If he puts up 30 a game in conference play, I'm ready to give him conference USA player of the year. I don't care if they lose every game from now on. He doesn't have one, right? No, no. Yeah. He put up 25 two years ago and like 27 last year. Don't matter. Don't matter. This conference cares about wins, Colin. It's about winning games. Wow. 
I I'm just saying, man, that was but, crazy. But yeah, I just recent JJ, recent JJ. Mm-hmm. It's like who do we think played poorly? Abu. <laughs> Even the thing is, Abu cannot pass out of double teams. I know. Uh, yesterday, the poor guy when, when Thomas Bell was just like in the middle, like waving his arms, yeah. and Abu's like flailing. I mean, it's just it's just he doesn't know yet, but he'll get there. But. I was just telling him just shoot it, bro. Just like I know. If they're gonna double you, just throw it up at the rim. Somebody. I, I love. I love how uh, every time Abu did something, though, you had JV on there, like, like hyping this dude up. Oh, like the bench went crazy. The, the bench, bench, yeah. <laughs> so oh. the travel shot today, JV on walked up to him like, "You made it, <laughs> even though you traveled." <laughs> like that's what I thought. Yes, in my head, he said. I can't believe they called the travel on that. He dribbled one, two, and went up. But Let me tell you, the announcers were like, "He traveled three times on that possession." Lord. It was interesting being behind the bench for mm-hmm. these two games because, like, I had an awful seat, as you all saw on Twitter. Uh, so I stood up for, like, a majority of the game. Like, the whole the whole time I was just standing up behind uh, behind Hank and um, Dave. Yeah. I was just standing there, like, watching the game. Um, but it was it was really – it was a cool experience getting to see – because I hadn't been to a basketball game all year. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Getting to see uh, – Getting to see Mac and them all interact and whatnot. That was that was cool. Um I trying to think. Well, here, I'll say who I thought played well and then we'll get into who I thought played poorly. Okay. Uh I thought Zach Simmons was amazing. In I don't think games. he was tonight. I mean he he got in foul trouble, but some of those were BS fouls in my oh, opinion. Yeah, I the thought fouls were not good. Okay, well other than the fouls, what did he do wrong? He had three turnovers. Okay. Yeah, the t- turnovers probably. But without him, they literally couldn't guard anybody. Yeah, but I don't know if it was anything special. Oh God, why are like, you so I've... close to your mic now? Why are you just yelling into oh, your Oh, am mic? I yelling? I'm sorry. Yes. No, it's uh, okay. <laughs> I didn't think he did anything special. Like, we know that when dudes don't double-team him, like, this dude's going to feast. Like, I, I don't four think... 4-4? Do you not... Did you, did it, do you not watch that... How easy it was for him? He could literally just, like, walk. And then just, like, touch the rim if you wanted to. It was that hey, easy. Hey, man. Hey, man. That's... that's he's still a monster no man. he is a monster game, but it wasn't like anything first, overly like that i haven't in the seen the first game i thought he was him and thomas were the two best players in the first game yeah i agree second game obviously he got in foul trouble they didn't he wasn't able to be as impactful uh but he also went three or four from the free throw line hit some late free throws on mm-hmm. one-on-ones nonetheless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh that was big time i thought zach was very good he gets my very good award um next i'm gonna say thomas bell since you didn't say him because holy crap he's the best rebounder on the team by far mm-hmm. and he's the best defender on the team by far and if he can just not go one of five from three then we're talking if he goes two of five from three and one of those rattled in and out did you i couldn't believe that it one? That oh was, that was the one after jv on hit his right yeah that, that's another thing is is sitting behind the bench you just see all the reactions yeah you just, they're just like Oh, <laughs> and then you get Reem and all the the uh, coach. What's the strength coach's name? Gosh, dang it, I'm not gonna remember. Regardless, you get all them just just going crazy. Be like, "Where's the bench? Where's the bench?" Where's Anyways, the bench? good times, good times. Um, so yeah, those are my two players that I thought played pretty well. I would put both of them over Reese. Are we doing uh, our two non-players now? Non-good yeah, players. Sure. Okay. You already said yours, didn't you? You said one. You said Abu. Oh, I was just that was just saying for the he played two minutes. I'm not gonna count Abu. <laughs> uh, okay. I would probably say Drez, even though he went four of 
Oh, we went four of eight after he made his first. Okay, four of eight from three. Um, because obviously we wanted to shoot game. threes. Yeah, in the first game tonight he went uh, one of two or one of three, and then I would also put uh, Ruben despite him showing flashes again. Um, Drez I have up there despite his first game because I I need more. I can't just have him as a shooter. Like that, I don't think that's an acceptable role for him in terms of what he needs to do for this team to, to take that next step. Along with Javion, of course. Like I need to see him on those fast. Like there was a couple fast breaks today where I was like, "Why don't you just sprint?" You know, and that that was frustrating to me. Um, but Ruben, I think, is getting a little crazy with the ball handling now, and he's starting to turn the thing over. Uh, he got fed <laughs> up a couple times. Yeah, he just gets like once he gets by the free throw line after he he realizes he can't drive right at that moment. He just he turns the ball over. Um, but he's still amazing. He, the his body control in the air is is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, the first game I thought Ruben was pretty good. Second game they wanted to keep him out there a little bit more, but you could just tell he had a couple defensive lapses. That I think Wallace hit a three in his face, and it's just like you can't, you can't just in a right. tight game like this, you can't have a turnover or lapse of mistake. He just doesn't have the experience yet, but he'll get there. Um, Drez, I agree with you. I need Drez to be a better defender as well. He needs to be able to play those JJ minutes towards the end yeah like they need to be able to play him instead of jj in the end sometimes and that just comes back to defense he has to be able to defend at a high level which i think he's capable of but it's just jj's a very good defender so you have to reach that standard um i thought terrence lewis was better tonight than he was two day than the friday game because friday game he only played seven minutes um and his size he's just not quite big enough to play the five in any lineup so especially against UTSA and a lot of conference USA teams have some pretty big lineups. So he just can't play that. And that's when you saw, so they started the second half. They started the second half with their starting lineup. Zach picks up a foul on the first possession of the second half. They go to Terrence. UTSA scores like twice in a row. And I texted you. I said, they can't, I don't know if they can survive this without Zach. And what does he do? As soon as I'm thinking it, Coach McCaslin's thinking it. Mm. He turns to Ross Hodge, and Hodge is thinking it. And we all just thought the same thing in the same exact moment. He turns, goes, gets JJ in for uh, Terrence, and boom, just like that, we have a small ball lineup, Colin. For the first time all year, we you have— were the, You were probably the proudest man alive tonight. We have James Reese at the four, and albeit it was a very short-lived stint of success, but I was happy. <laughs> happy they had come down hit three straight threes three of their five threes tonight were within like a three minute span with that small ball lineup like boom well, that's when we thought uh, the game was over it was when Javion hit that three mm-hmm. and then boom um ruben uh, no dude that was no drez hit the first three then, then ruben, ruben hit a three and thomas hit a three i think those were the three yep that, that was the three and then Javion hit it when they were already back down yeah 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 yeah, yeah. anyways I was just like, oh my gosh. And so I tweeted out, we're playing basketball. Like, this is it. This is this is the adjustment that they needed to make. This was their only chance at winning that game is to play that that lineup for at least like five minutes. And albeit it defensively, it did not do very well at all. But the thought process was we're trading twos for threes. And unfortunately, then they just couldn't make threes. So, but if they make threes, then it works. They just couldn't make threes. So I was happy to see them try it. However, you could tell that they didn't have much experience doing it. Like in any regard on either end, they were just kind of playing. They were just out there like, all right, well, let's just take these shots that we get. 
Um, so hopefully they can get a little more experience here and just try to maybe throw that lineup out there for four or five minutes a game just to give them a change of pace and spot those bigs some minutes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought that was a great moment in the game. I was very happy when that happened. So, um, I'm not disappointed in Terrence. I thought Terrence played fine. Um, it's just tough to have him out there, um, at the five. So it, it forces them to play some different lineups out there. Uh, I did, I agree with you on Ruben hundred percent, you know, he's good, but he just has to find that balance mm-hmm. and that's going to be the tough thing for him. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all the players. I, I was pretty content. Like you said, I thought everybody played fairly well to an extent. Like I, I didn't, there was nobody that was like jarringly bad. And I, I Javion wasn't even like jarringly bad. He was just not the Javion they need him to be. So that's, that, that was promising in, in the least. Um, I thought of it this way too, is UTSA had to have an unreal game from Javon Jackson and play really, really well and have a really great game. Whereas North Texas, we, I'd consider this a bad game by them and they almost won. Like that's the difference between these two teams. Oh, there's no question that North Texas is a much better team than UTSA. Right, but but I don't want fans to get confused where they're like, "Oh, we just lost to UTSA." UTSA played the game of their lives tonight in terms of Javon Jackson just lights out, and then we North Texas. I mean, we saw they didn't have their best game. I mean, that's that's it. And and like we said, back to backs playing these teams on the road, nonetheless, it's a very very no crowds. I mean, it's and it's testing very... their stamina as well, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've never played back-to-backs unless it's the conference tournament. Exactly, exactly. So it, it's it's an interesting situation that these teams are in. Um, I'm, I like I said before the season. I think twelve and six is probably going to win you the conference season, conference uh, regular season title. If that's true or not, I don't know. Maybe UAB goes crazy and goes eighteen and zero. You know, who knows? <laughs> but uh, I, as far as uh, my expectations are, I think they're pretty. Uh, they're pretty much still on par at this point. Uh, Rice leads UTEP also early in the first half. So we'll see if that holds. Um, last thing, or at least last thing I have, is is this team substantially worse than last year's team? Absolutely not. Don't even, don't even come at me with this. As a proponent in saying that this team is better than last year's team, I will not take this. I think... If Javion plays how we did last year, this team is better than last year's team. Yes, and that is and what I I'm making on. Because I don't think but, that Javion is going to stay like this. Because, like I said, his next gear to me is not a good player. It is a great player, and I think he will return to greatness. Because, because the, okay, another thing, I don't know if anyone's ever brought this up. I, people might be afraid that this is a Rose 2.0 situation where you just see like a player broken for some I reason. Think, I don't think that's ever crossed anyone's mind. Let's not Well, okay, I don't mean it to that extent where it's like your star player is no longer a star player. Okay. Right? Like these aren't the same things. So they're not. They're no, they're not. Um no, this team is more versatile defensively on the perimeter. I think that's the first thing. I I would say that last year's team is better on the inside with Dang. I think Dang gave them a presence on the inside that really helped them. Um, that Thomas is having to fill that void a lot. Uh, but I do think they are just as good of a three-point shooting team of last year. We need to see it a little more consistently. But I trust that James Reese, Drez, Thomas, I mean, everybody will shoot. I mean, Javion will shoot the ball fairly well moving forward, at least to like a 35, 36% clip. And I think that they're deeper than last year. I don't think that's a question. I think you come off the bench with 
Terrence, um, Ruben, and JJ in comparison of coming off of it with Thomas, who albeit was great last year. So if you just look at the seventh and eighth men, then you go DJ and Rose, who in conference play, DJ and Rose were zeros, basically. Yeah. And Rose was a negative, but still, you get what I'm saying. Is JJ is sustainable player who can play significant minutes and Ruben once he finds that gear is worlds ahead of where JJ was last year and Rose last year and not to mention you still have Michael on the bench you still have an experienced player in uh Larry on the bench Jalen as well like yeah this team has some depth even say Abu I think Abu is a is a fine player I think Abu can play in the conference yeah I think he's a fine player so that's why I'm I'm it's not the end of the world I'm at a six. Colin's at a three. Um, well, you know we're we're chilling. Colin, Colin at a three is kind of crazy to me. I think he should be at a four at least. I don't think I don't think Javion struggles as big as the deal it needs to be. But if he struggles for another four games, well then yeah, then I'll raise my meter. Well, no, I'm just saying if he struggles for another four games, then this team winning like winning conference becomes a lot harder. Well, of course. Sometimes you got to be proactive, Colin, not reactive. Why would I be proactive being negative? It's not negative. I think I think he's going to come back. I'm just saying I need to see it. Okay. I'm just I'm just saying. Um let's see what we're if I have anything else here. How concerned are we about UTEP? I don't know. I don't know how much you know about UTEP, but do they still have that really good player Bryson Bryson Edwards, yeah. I don't, they, they don't have that. a Javon Jackson, so I think it's okay. They have, so they have, I think they are better than UTSA. No, I think they're better, but I think the difference today, tonight was not who's better in terms of like a normal basketball sense. You just had a dude go off. Like, do, like they're playing at home, North Texas, is, which I think is going to be a big deal, obviously. Uh, Bryson Williams had 29 against Rice last night, by the way. Um, they're playing at home, which is a big deal. If they split with UTEP, are we concerned? I need to see how the rest of the conference goes. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. If they split with UTEP in El Paso, that's one thing. Yeah. But splitting with them in Denton is an, is another thing. Let that's an, that's an Let interesting about question. That. That, because if they play like they did the last two games, they're going to split at the best. Oh, at best, yeah. But that's why we're going to have to see if they're playing at home is a different animal. That's interesting. If they lose one of those games, I'd probably go up to your six. If they lose one of those games, I'd probably be around a seven, I think. It's and that's not to say that, this- and that's not to think, because again, assuming that it's Javion's issues that continue for these next two games and you split one of those games, then it becomes a, okay, can you still win the conference type of thing with, with the record that you have? Um, thing is, I... I can't believe Western Kentucky split with Charlotte and split with La Tech. Like, both of those are solid teams, but... Western's been the most inconsistent team I've ever seen in my entire life. The past five years. Imagine having an NBA prospect on your team for, like, every year of your last decade. You can't consistently win. (laughs) It's just... And La Tech is going to be good, but I don't think they're better. They're not as good as last year's La Tech team. Um, I mean, the loss of ba- of Bracey alone does that. And then you turn Amari Archibald, basically their best player now. Caleb Ledoux is also good. Um, but yeah, Bassey 6 of 11. Hollingsworth 3 of 14. 
East. Uh, McKnight, their point guard, won a four. They went 80-21 from three. Huh. I don't know what to make of this conference, Colin. Uh, like I said, 12-6 and six probably gets it done. Here's a question. There's going to be a bunch of – that's the thing. There are going to be a bunch of like 8-10, and 9-9 and nine teams and like a bunch of teams in that range, like the 500 range. It's this seeding is going to be wild. It's going to be like who's going to get that extra win somewhere. Yeah, that's the seeding is going to be crazy come the tournament. Insane. Insane. All right, Colin, did you have anything else? I was going to ask you a question, but it's fine. Go ahead. No. Um, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to ask, is this team at this point, would you say still a tier above everyone else? Well, at this point, no. But do I think they can get there? Like, okay, would you consider Western a tier above everyone else still? No. Nobody's a tier above anybody right now. Okay. That that was my question. Anybody. Nobody. Everybody in Conference 2 stays on the same tier. Like I said, this back-to-back stuff is just... Crazy. You got, you got to roll with the punches sometimes. Mm-hmm. Got to roll with the punches. So, I can't wait to name this podcast, like... Getting get getting his swagger back or something like that. Mm. I think I got my swagger back. You know you know that video? No. That was taken in Detroit. I'll show you after the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for Oh man. All right, Colin. I think that's uh yeah, that's definitely all I had. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for joining us. Um follow Colin on Twitter at CJH Mitchell. Uh follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore and follow Mingreen247 at Mingreen247. Subscribe to MingreenTwenty4Seven.com. We are still running our thirty percent off promo uh, for annual subs and a dollar for the first month for uh, VIPs. If you want to become a VIP, um, what else? Oh, sub, uh, follow us on SoundCloud and subscribe to us on Apple Podcast and go scroll down and leave us a five star rating and review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Um, and tell your friends. Send this to your friends and. See what they think about our takes on the North Texas basketball team. And maybe you can send this to someone to calm them down a little bit. You know, because we are just two rational basketball fans talking about North Texas. Right, wow. Colin? Two, right? That should be the, the podcast. Two rational guys. <laughs> we're, we're never getting to 45 ratings. We're never getting to 45. We're at 43 right now, by the way. So let's get us two more. Scroll down and leave us five stars. We'd appreciate it. Uh, For Maya Mitchell and Colin Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni. Y'all stay safe and we'll talk to y'all later.